are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Episode 198 of Locked On Browns. Guys, this could be the last one. I have something in the works later for tonight, but the, uh, our guest for that might be tied up. We might not be able to get to it. But this, uh, for you know, all intents and purposes, this is our draft eve episode. Uh, guys, look, I know everybody's bouncing off the walls. Um, look, guys, as I've said many times in these last few episodes, this is a product that the NFL is putting on tomorrow night. It is a huge product, profitable. What helps sell the product is a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of thirsty teams who need quarterbacks. That's why you're getting all this fountain of misinformation. Everybody's running with it. Look, just guys, just there's nothing you can do now. As I look at it, I guess we're about 25 and a half hours away. Uh, guys, just breathe. Uh, you know the way me and Pete talked last night. Guys, we're confident. We don't think there's going to be no last-minute change. And if there is a last-minute change right now, just blow the entire facility up because, you know, it's just <laughs> paralysis by analysis. You've just gone too far at this point. Our guest here this evening, obviously, uh, you know, head honcho over at Browns Wire, uh, does a couple other sites, obviously helping out USA Today with, you know, their, uh, you know, all their Team Wire products. Fantastic columnist over for Real GM Football-wise. Mr. Jeff Risden, uh, you know, Jeff's been on several times. I thought it would be great to get him in here one more time before the draft. Jeff, how you been? How's the body holding up? And look, good lord, Jeff, the finish line's in sight. Oh, man, we're only a day away. It's draft eve. You got Scott McLuhan tweeting out that it's draft eve. How, how exciting is that, that there, there's some actual acknowledgement from the front office that, that something big is going to happen? I think it's fantastic. I am so ready for this. Uh, as you know, we've been friends for a long time, Jeff. I, I love this weekend. My favorite day is actually Saturday. Absolutely. But I, have, having number one and number four to, to cover... Uh, that makes Thursday pretty dang special, too. Well, I mean, it's, you know, we've got a little, I mean, look, day three, I just love as a fan. It doesn't matter about, you know, any team, you know, because this is, you know, when you start to see guys fall that you know you're a fan of, or you start to get those problem child guys, and it's like, all right, well, somebody's eventually going to bite this cyanide pill. When they were told not to, who's it going to be? And, you know, for years it was the Cincinnati Bengals of the world and those type of things. Okay, the Bengals are going to come get them here. We know it. Everybody knows it. But, you know, that is the best part about day three. But, look, you know, obviously, you know, picks one and four, you know, possibility of maybe jumping in with, you know, uh, what is it, uh, 26 more picks in round one. Do the Browns backdoor their way in round one? You know, sitting with three for Friday night. You know, and then the Saturday action, which is, you know, by far the best day. And, you know, the old adage of, you know, day three is when front offices and teams are made. So, it, just so much fun. Uh, I, I guess we'll kick it off at the top here. Uh, Jeff, we've been pretty confident in, in all our talks. And I, the only thing where I wasn't confident is whether or not he would declare. And a lot of people kept saying, and I think he did a great job with that, Sam Darnold, that USC was keeping his intentions hidden. And, you know, ball game, tough loss to Ohio State. You know, he held up the best he could against a team that, you know, his team was obviously overmatched that day. It, it came out, and you know, that was my first reference. Browns fans, here is your quarterback. Sam Darnold is headed to Berea. Berea. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm with you on that. I, I think he is the pick. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. I Baker Mayfield would not surprise me if he's the pick. And uh, when I did the, the what I would do mock, I did I did choose Baker Mayfield. Uh, that shouldn't be considered a slight to um, to Darnold, though. I think Darnold will do very well. I, I think he is a little bit further away from being ready 
But uh, at the same time, having Tyrod Taylor in the fold and, and having Drew Stanton to, to sort of hold his hand without ever any intention of playing, I, I think is, <laughs> you know, I, I think the the Browns have learned very well from their mistake last year of having Cody Kessler as the only and, and Kevin Hogan uh, as the only real you know mentors for Deshaun Kaiser. Um, neither of those guys is an NFL quarterback uh, and shouldn't be on any roster. So the, the, I love the fact that there's now two guys that can do this. And uh, I, I do think it's going to be Darnold, and and you know the whole, the whole Ohio State Browns dichotomy is, is very interesting to me. Browns fans are angry at Baker Mayfield for planting the flag at the horseshoe, and that's understandable. But they're also angry at Sam Darnold for not beating Ohio State. I, you got to make up your mind one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. And but then the best part is, and then you have the tiny contingent, you know that you know falls for the. Young man out of Wyoming. I'm almost even tired of saying his name at this point. Oh well, he's big. Look, it's fantastic, and you know, it's just so much to it. And for what you fall into, and and you know, oh well, look at this throw, and then you know, but nobody ever goes and looks at the seven throws before it. That basically, it's it's like going to a restaurant and getting food poisoning from the appetizer, but somebody trying to tell you, no, 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 but try the main course. Nah, nah, I'm good. I'm out already. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, I've been anti-Josh Allen for a very long time, um, back back even before the season. I, I didn't buy in then, and, and I'll be honest, I didn't see anything this year that made me want to buy in anymore. Uh, I, I, I flat out don't get it. I still think that there's like some, somebody is messing with us. You know, there, there's somebody who's like, you know, getting some schadenfreude glory off of promoting Josh Allen into being this thing because it's, it's like it's like the emperor doesn't have any clothes, and and we're the only ones that can see it. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I wish the kid well, but I, I, I'll be very happy when it's when all of the talk is done and he's not a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I actually had somebody get back to me the other day. Somebody sent me a tweet or whatever. Oh yeah, well you let him sit for two years. What in the world would I draft somebody I'm going to sit for two years for at number one? Well, why would I do that? I mean, that's what you say. I mean, look, Christian Hackenberg, Christian Hackenberg sat for two years. He's going to get tossed out of the building this weekend. He's going to said, get said goodbye to. So you know, it's it's just monotony. Look, put him in the position. And look, if you want to put him somewhere where hopefully the kid can be something one day, let him go wear the baseball hat for a year and a half in New England. Let him go to Pittsburgh and wear the baseball hat for a while. To see some guys who had some real success in this league and find out what it takes to get it done, you know, it's just, you know, from the tape you have, and it's in the fact, and even if it was, if he was playing at LSU or he was playing in the SEC, that's fine. You know, I, I, I'll take a little bit more of a risk. But I mean, if you're not dominating the Mountain West Conference, and you got guys like Phil Simms saying, "Huh, look at the defense Baker Mayfield's beating up. This is terrible." But in the same breath, he's telling you should draft Josh Allen. You know, I had no idea Phil was a big Mountain West Conference guy. Phil, that's great. Enjoy the Mountain West Conference. But just none of it makes any sense. I do think there are three guys viable for this job. Like you, you know, Baker Mayfield would be your choice. Me, Josh Rosen would be my choice. But a lot of this comes down to fit, and I, I do think that's how it's going to fill out for Sam. Uh, Jeff, I, I, you know, the best part about you is is you think uh, very outside the box with all of this stuff. Um, I know you wrote the column the other day, you know, uh, your, your, your bold draft predictions. Give a couple from the column and from anybody who hasn't read that because it, it, the best part about you is there's always a lot of laughs to a long written form, which you know, which is what I enjoy, and which that's what keeps me into a piece. 
Well, you got to have fun with this whole process. And the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen this year, I think is fantastic. I love it. So so some of these like actually contradict what I did in my final mock draft. And that's okay. Um, because I don't know. And I won't pretend that I know. Um, uh, a couple of them. Uh, one that I had. Um, I love Mel Kuyper. I really do. I, I, I think he is the reason why I get paid to do what I do. Uh, and I have a great respect for that, but I also think that his, some of his takes are incredibly whack. And one of those is that he has his top five available. It's always on the side on the ESPN. And I wrote that uh, Louisville offensive tackle Jaron yep. Christian will be on Mel Kuyper's top five available list for two full rounds. And given where Mel has him ranked, which is, I think, in the 40s, it probably should be even longer because this guy is a sixth or a seventh round talent. Um, and, you know, I, I try to have fun with that. I tried to, I mentioned the prop bets a little bit. Um one of the bold ones that I actually, and I actually heard back from somebody um, close to the player, um, I, I said that Texas punter Michael Dixon will be drafted before the end of the fourth round. And somebody in the Dixon camp got back to me, and they, they're, they're like, yeah, he will be. Uh, and <laughs> they fully expect that. So it, it's fun to get the little reaction like that, too. I, I, I enjoy it a lot. Now, um, now one, another one, Arden Key. Do you believe that there's just no way we're going to hear his name called after 257 picks this weekend? You know, I got some pushback from that from people higher up the the draft media food chain. So I, I do think he will get drafted, but there is there are real questions about him both on the field and off the field, uh, much more so than than anything that Darius Geis has ever done off the field. I don't I do not understand why there is people perpetuating this myth that he's this bad dude off the field i've never seen or heard anything um other than that he's a really great guy so i don't get that one you don't get that about arden key and the, the way that people around lsu talk about arden key is the same way that people around michigan state talked about malik mcdowell a year ago it's not as extreme and i and i know a lot more people that are close to the the malik mcdowell thing um and and it was one of those deals where it was like everybody was like hey stay the hell away uh and it, and you know obviously he had the atv accident which sort of you know make, makes makes that sort of conversation a little you know awkwardly moot but there was a lot of people at michigan state who thought that he was never gonna he was gonna cash his paycheck and be done and uh i don't necessarily get that about key but there's a lot of people that think that he's not gonna take football all that seriously and i think that was something that a lot of us got from the combine in indianapolis when he talked about his weight gain and, and sort of dodged questions about his suspension and the people who we asked about him around him were kind of dodgy about it too. So that I I think he'll get called probably in the third day. I was being a little bold there. I don't expect the ladies to come true, by the way. But uh, I, 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 I don't think he's a top 100 pick. Yeah, well, the thing with me with Key is, you know, first, I mean, like you said, the factors are endless. But then you see, okay, well, 238 at the combine. The first thing I'm thinking is, wow, all right. You know, look at trying to show himself off as a three-four stand-up edge. Oh, Arden Key is not here to run. It was well. The, what the hell is going on, man? You're two thirty-eight. This should be the fastest time you're ever going to put up. And you know, I, I, some of his camp. I, I was tweeting during his pro day. It was not appreciated by the camp. Um, those you know, those times are inaccurate. Well, guys, if it's four eight six or four eight eight. I mean, a couple tents here or there, guys. Ain't nothing changing here, and it's the commitment thing. And look, uh, you know, the the state in rehab for marijuana. Look, I mean, I know plenty of people who partake, and I know plenty of people who have quit 
I don't know many people who actually had to go to a treatment facility to quit marijuana. So, I mean, there's just so many factors. And look, me personally, I, I don't think there's a price I pay because I'd rather gamble on, you know, I know your guy from Central Michigan at Joel's, but I'd rather go gamble on a guy who is going to give me everything he got, he has, but may not have the God-given abilities that a, an athlete like Arden Key has because, you know, it's just so close and we see so many guys. Antonio Callaway's another one. I was trying and I kept trying to work him in there. Like, here's a guy Dorsey will take because he doesn't mind a guy with a couple of warts. And, and you had you needed to do one thing, bro. You needed to get clean, give a clean piss test at the combine, and you couldn't even do that. So you know, it's, it's just some of these guys. It just gets to the point. And yeah, like I'm the one. You know, take the name off the board, throw it in the freaking river. I I, I just can't, I can't I can't waste anything on on guys like this. Um, guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns episode 198. Uh, guys, whatever podcasting app you use, I do appreciate it. Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, guys, please subscribe over there. Smash the living daylights out of the five-star review. Leave a nice little written write-up, guys. I do appreciate everything you do for me. So please, by all means, go ahead and get on that. Now, Jeff, as we get in here, um, I think we're all pretty much comfortable that we are... I mean, the trade-out is a possibility, and we could get to four quarterbacks in the top five. How confident... Well, I don't want to say confident. How are you good with Bradley Chubb at four... With the gen- with the pick in general, or do you think the trade back scenario is a better possibility? Uh, I'm I'm for taking Chubb, and and I, I because I love the idea. Uh, as you know, one of the teams that I cover is the Houston Texans. They have a three headed you know pass it. rush. You know it. with JJ Watt, Jadevian Clowney, and uh, and Whitney Merciless. And when you can do that, you can wreak havoc on opposing offensive lines because they don't know where the pressure is going to come from. All those guys can win individually on their own. I don't think Emmanuel Ogba fits into that equation as well as, as any of the Texans players, but my God, Miles Garrett, he's, he's a beast. And I think Chubb does things differently enough that you can, you can put him on the opposite side. You can line those two up together. Block that. Block that, Pittsburgh. Block that, Baltimore. See what you can do with that. I, I love that. That That's an impact move. I'm about getting impact players. I, I have three second-round picks. I, I don't really want to move back. I kind I, I wouldn't actually mind moving up a little bit. Um, it, so I, I'm, I'm taking Chubb there. I don't disagree with Chubb. I, I think I have a huge fondness for Harold Landry. And this kind of happens to me with the amount of ACC football I watch. Jeff, you know Kevin Johnson was one of my guys a few years ago. I always kind of fall in love with, you know, the prettiest rose in the crappiest looking garden. And, you know, I think that's, you know, kind of what I, you know, I, I saw with Harold Landry. Uh, the fact that he's still getting mocked in the 20s. And I don't know who it was from ESPN that relayed, uh, you know, oh, he, he, he's the most overrated guy in the class. Or, you know, uh, or even there was one mock. We're taking him at 25. You know, th- this feels a little, a little high for me. If you go back to the 16 tape and... I mean, whether it was the uh, Clemson game, you know, Deshaun Watson gave him fits. You know, he ran this, uh, DeAndre Francois out of the game, chasing Dalvin Cook down from behind. I just think he's a special guy. So if I can move from four a little bit, and I'm just going to recoup a little more capital, and I'm going to bring in a guy like Harold Landry, who I think may overall be a better pass rusher. But I, I, I am 100% with you in the sentiment of, you know, everybody used to say the NASCAR package. I don't think it's a package anymore. I think teams are trying to go with a NASCAR front on every down. 
Oh, yeah, and I can absolutely see that. And I do like Harold Landry a lot. I, I was fortunate enough I saw them in the Quick Lane Bowl where they, they beat oh, up Maryland. Right. They did come up there. Uh, and that, he, he was dominant in that game. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, I, I like him quite a bit, and I think he gets overshadowed because he was injured last year. He's a very good player. Uh, the I actually, and I brought this up on a couple of other podcasts that I've done, I love Derwin James. I, he does not fit on the Browns with, mm-hmm. with Demarius Randall and Jabril Peppers and, and even Derek Kindred as your third safety. So they don't have room for him. But, God, he'd be great, too. But uh, that's just not the way that they're going to look. Yeah, we had uh, Matt Bowen was on. It was probably about two weeks ago or so. And, you know, obviously now Matt, who played for Greg Williams, you know, and he was another – I mean, he, he was he was almost upset that they made the trade and brought in Randall because he was just so high in the versatility of guys like Minka and guys like Derwin James and what they could do. And he figured – and he was just so adamant. These are two guys that Greg would love. And it was great because, look, if you get Matt on, Matt's going to go. And it's it's kind of like a wild horse. You almost got to throw a rope and try and pull him down. And it oh, was yeah, just Matt's fun. great. I oh, love Matt. Absolutely. And it was just fun in the fact that he was just going so on and so to bat for two guys. And it's just sad that these are guys that would be phenomenal players and they wouldn't care a lick that they're coming to Cleveland because they come with the attitude of, well, 1-31, that's great. I'm here to change every drop of that. But, uh, you know, so it was just fun listening to do that. Now, Matt, as we, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff, as we drift on to the second round here, uh, a lot of questions we're getting here, you know, from guys for, for tonight's show. Um, everybody with, uh, wants uh, some fits here, quarterback, uh, cornerback, wide receiver, running back, within these three picks of the second round. How, how do you see this going? And give us some names here that you think could end up being called by Cleveland here, you know, early Friday night. Yeah, it, it. With cor- with regard to the cornerback, one of the things that I know that they looked at was was they want to get bigger, uh, and this is something that I harped on last year, and I was apparently right because I they, they the cornerbacks that they're looking at are guys who are long. They're they're six feet tall. Um, that they, they run good short shuttles. They tend to be very fast. Um, that sort of rules out one of the guys that I really like, Carlton Davis, who's a very big guy. But uh, you know, so you're looking at at. I mean, there's there's quite a few cornerbacks that, that I like in the in the second day. Um, I'm, I'm a big Alexander fan. I, a, I think he's going to be gone, and B, I don't think he's quite to their size metrics. Yeah, yeah like Josh Jackson. If if Josh Jackson from Iowa is there, he certainly fits the profile of the, of the guys that they like. I think Isaiah Oliver is a very good candidate at number 33 if he's still on the board. And I do think that they they want to address that, even though they do have a glut of cornerbacks. I think people forget that you know they, they did sign EJ Gaines, they did sign TJ Carey, Travis Carey, whatever you want to call. Him. He's an Ohio Bobcat, so he can be fine, whatever he is. Um, <laughs> he, he's gonna the way they're paying him, he's gonna start, and uh, <coughs> it wouldn't surprise me if, if the the new guy comes in and Jamar Taylor goes get sent packing. Uh, he, I think that's, that's, that's one of my bolder yeah. predictions for the Browns for the weekend. <laughs> is yes. that Jamar Taylor will not finish the weekend as a Cleveland Brown. Uh, yeah, and actually, we, we, you know, me and Pete a couple times, a couple of shows we did. He's, you know, he's actually still surprised. Maybe he's kind of made it this far into the scenario. But now, Jeff, maybe wide receiver, running back. Are, are these who's going to fit here in the second round if they end up making selections of this type? Yeah, and, and I think wide receiver is interesting because I, the more that I I listen and talk to people, the more that I get that the NFL is really down on this wide receiver class. They I think be. you're going to see maybe one wide receiver in the first round, and there's a chance that none could go. So that leaves you guys like Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, uh, DJ Chark from LSU is a guy that has size, speed, 
um, showed that he at the Senior Bowl. Apparently, I, I wasn't there, but everybody raved about. Oh my God, where's this guy? Know that he's got a quarterback throwing to him. My God, he, he's really good. So he's certainly a possibility. Um, James Washington, uh, I actually have him as my 64th pick in my final mock. Yep. Uh, he makes a lot of sense too. Uh, a guy like Michael Gallup, who took over for Hollywood Higgins and at Colorado State is bigger he's a little bit faster and certainly a little bit better at route running so so there's another guy that that fits in i i, I love the idea of getting a a second round uh wide receiver in cleveland that it, it's a as i've said many times you cannot trust Corey coleman and josh gordon to be your outside receivers you you can give them every chance to do it and if they can that's fantastic but you gotta you gotta have at least a, a quality insurance policy and that that's what day two is all about Another guy that I like, Equinemius St. Brown from Notre Dame. Saw him play live a couple of times. He's he's a lot better when you watch him in person and watch him do the little things in plays where he's not involved than you, than you get just from just watching a highlight reel or a clip. He, he's a really good all-around football player, and I think that gets a little bit overshadowed. I couldn't agree more. And now, Jeff, you know, uh, run, is do you think running back is something they're concerned with? Or will this be something they're going to just wait, you know, and see basically how everything drops and then swoop on in for day three for a guy they really like there? Yeah, you know, it, it's a good question. I, I I, can see the running backs in this class going any number of ways. I think that there could be a run early. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to be the number two pick. I think that, and I, I'm very confident in saying that. I, I believe we all are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you're looking at, like, Darius Geis is probably next, and he's maybe see. I can see him going in the teens. I, I think Washington has expressed quite a bit of interest in him. I can also see him falling to thirty-two to Philadelphia, and then you're then you're in with the Georgia guys and Carry On Johnson, a guy that I like a lot. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other running backs. Rashad Penny, uh, Ronald Jones is another guy that I like quite a bit. Uh, Naeem Hines is a guy. Uh, Matt Day's former teammate at, at North Carolina State, raw speed. I mean, that guy that guy can fly. He's also a re- good receiver out of the backfield. I think he fits. Uh, he's he's a bit of an odd spot though because I think he's a third or a fourth round pick, and and that's sort of a a, a black hole for the Browns in this draft yep. for whatever reason. That you know they go the what is it fifty picks without a pick there. But th- th- there's guys on day three. Guys like Mark Walton, um, Darrell Williams from uh, from LSU fits in that mold. Uh, Justin Jackson from from Northwestern, if you can get over the fact that he's he's you know taken what is it thirteen hundred carries uh, over over his career or something like that. Um, th- those are guys that fit. So you can get a running back pretty much any time. And the impression that I got is that they don't see running back as a huge need after they signed Carlos Hyde. And we'll we'll see how serious they are about keeping Duke Johnson, but. They've given no indication that they don't want to keep him, so you have to consider that that, that that's a that's a fine running back combination. I mean, you, you put that in in Detroit or or you know Minnesota, and people are very happy with that. But uh, I I think Browns fans are a little too enamored with with what Jim Brown said today about you know going out and getting Saquon Barkley and, and you know making it a, a thing. There's so many things that go into the running game, and it's not just running back. And I think that they would be better served shoring up the, the left tackle spot, to be honest with you, or right tackle, um, where, wherever your tackle is. That, that you know, if Sean Coleman's your left tackle, then Chris Hubbard's your right tackle. If, if that doesn't work out, then you got to get somebody else in there. I think that will make more of a difference in the run game than any running back they would take outside of Barkley. 
That makes a ton of sense. Um, I do like uh, uh, Edmonds out of Fordham, Emory, uh, Emory Hunt's guy. Oh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah he, a, he's a fun guy. He's, yeah. he's a good one. And, and I'll give you a guy, he's slow, but I love Jarvion Franklin. Uh, and, oh, and maybe that's it's right. just the, the Mac guy in me. I saw him play a lot. I live right by Western Michigan. I, I, I've been to, I think, nine of their games over the last three years. You cannot tell me that that kid is not going to succeed. He might not be great in the NFL, but he can he can stick on a roster and he will get you three yards on third and three every time. Uh, yeah, and the thing with Edmonds though is, I mean, just gives me a little bit of a Matt Forte vibe. And when you always have a deep running class, deep running back class, you know, the smaller school guys, it's going to hurt them. Just when these guys come off with the better pedigrees. Uh, look, if a John Kelly gets slept on and makes his way to round four, that's another guy I'm in on there. But uh, you know, the more I'm looking at it, I, you know, we've talked about, it and it's it's weird because uh, you know I've spent a t- ton of time talking running backs, you know, up until this point with you know guys on the show, and more and more I think they would maybe look to draft a tackle in round two, and I think that would push the running back selection if there is one uh, onto the day three process. Guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns, and I guys, I do appreciate it. This is essentially, this is draft eve. This is probably the last episode we're going to get before we know the first two selections. So I do appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to, you know, kind of put a bow on this shortly. Locked On Cavs. Chris Manning's got you covered there. Uh, tip off shortly, so we'll get you guys over to that. So I do appreciate you guys. But Chris Manning, excellent job over there at Locked On Cavs. Check it out. Now, Jeff, before I let you go, and look. Jeff, best thing about you is is you are a day three guy. You open this show by that. I'm going to give you the stage here. Make some case. Make a case for some of your favorite day three delights. Oh yeah, one of my favorite guys in this draft is PJ Hall, the defensive tackle from Sam Houston. Uh, I've watched several of his games. I used to live in Houston. I, I have ties to the Sam Houston program, so I might have a little bit of a bias there. This guy is going to be really good, and he blew up at the Combine. He was very good at the Shrine game once he figured out what he was doing. It took him a day to get settled, and then he was great. I, I, I would take him in the, in the third round. If he's there in the fourth or the fifth, you got to take him if you're Cleveland. This, this is a guy that Greg Williams loves, an up-the-field attacking three technique. Uh, I love the kid. Uh, don't play him at no sack, although that's not what he is. <laughs> you know, um, I... I you mentioned Joe Osman earlier, uh, Central Michigan. He doesn't have the measurable. He's, he's six foot two, two hundred and forty-eight pounds. He's got short arms, um, a little bit tight in the hips, but man, that guy can play football. His ability to time his moves on the pass rush is, is, is as good as any I've ever seen. He just has that natural instinct for him. So he's a guy that I love. Uh, I love Avante Maddox, um, the the slot corner from Pittsburgh. The Browns don't need him because they have Brian Body Calhoun already. They're basically the same guy. Uh, and I think it was criminal what happened to BBC when, in the draft when he went undrafted. I, I think people are going to correct the other way on Maddox, and I think he's going to get make some team very happy in, in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, I actually do like Michael Dixon, the punter from Texas. He's, he's a phenomenal talent, um, and I think he'll be great. Uh, I'm looking at the guards here. I, I like... John Allen from Hawaii was a guy who really stood out during Shrine Game practices. He was a left tackle there. He's going to play guard. I think he can play either guard. I, I'm not sure that he's going to be a starter, but if, if he's your sixth lineman, I think you're in pretty good shape. So guys like that. Um, actually, Hawaii safety Trey Henderson is another guy who, who I think is really good. Uh, Tavarius Moore from Southern Mississippi, the safety. Um, not really a guy that the Browns are probably going to be interested in, but a guy that I think is going to have a very good NFL career. Uh, man. 
I could go on all day about it. You just want to follow me on Twitter on Saturday. Um, I'll be I'll be uh, chilling and, and having a lot of fun with it. And that's why we love Jeff Risden, and that's why we follow Jeff Risden. Uh, Jeff, before we start putting, you know, we, we put this puppy to bed. Any last thoughts as we're pretty much uh, let's see, you home seven, all right, twenty five hours away. Any last thoughts, buddy? You know. I'm very excited for the chaos because nobody knows what's going on. As I tweeted the other day, if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, don't pretend that you do. I, I, I love the fact that we, we can see all the presents out there, but we don't know which, which tag is going to which player yet. Uh, I, I think it's fascinating. It's, it's going to be one of the most fun drafts in a long time, and I, I, I am ready ready to roll with it. And it, the good part is, is you know, and I remember going back to not Derek Carr, but the year David Carr was going first. Nobody knew what was going on, and then all of a sudden, you know, something broke that David Car- David Carr's wife was, you know, shopping for a house in Houston. So, like, none of that is going on, you know, it, which is great. And I love that the NFL has decided to not let the picks get leaked. Let's try to, you know, look, we only get this, and you know, yes, it's a three-day period, but when you break it all down, it's, you know, I, I think it comes down to about what, you many, fifteen, sixteen, you know, twenty hours, whatever it is. Let everybody just enjoy it for what it is. So, you know, I love the fact that the NFL has kind of put a clamp on that. Um, I'm sure we are going to have a official word, you know, by tomorrow. Hell, you know, I mean, people are trying to, uh, you know, analyze the tie that Sam Darnold is now wearing uh, tomorrow. It's brown, by the way, guys. It's brown. And brown brown tie with a blue suit seems a little weird. But, guys, as long as the tie is brown, that's what we're shooting for here, kids. Uh, but, you know, so it's just, guys, enjoy it. This is, look. Everybody, oh, I'm so tired. It's monotonous. Oh, it's just crazy. Well, if that were the case, you would have stayed off of social media. And the other thing is, guys, in about six, seven days, we're going to be bored as hell on social media with nothing to talk about. And everyone's going to be like, well, well the draft talk was fun. Kind of missed that. So, uh, guys, just soak it in, absorb it. Jeff, anything coming out or the fingers and the keyboard are done for you till tomorrow night? I have. Uh, I will have a final Browns mock draft at Browns Wire in the morning. Uh, after that, I think I'm taking the day off. I'm doing a, a radio party and show from three to six here in in, in Grand Rapids. We're, we're doing a. It's called Foling, where they're combining. It's a com- combination of bowling, football, and cornhole, uh, with with awesome beer and free pizza. So if you're in the West Michigan area, come on out for that. Uh, if not. Uh, Try to find it somewhere else because it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, then uh, Saturday good. and Sunday will be—I will have so many things published. Um, my keyboard will need new—I'll need, <laughs> need a new one because <laughs> uh, it's going to be crazy. It was actually funny the other day. Uh, my laptop kind of took a crap. I had to send it out to Best Buy. I came right in, swooped out the laptop from the youngest. She was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Daddy's got to work, honey." But but it's my laptop. Who paid for it? So, so sometimes you just got to pull rank around these things. But guys, right. both of my kids are, are on the on the ready with their laptops, uh, which, by the way, we paid for. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got to do, do what we got to do. Um, guys, follow Jeff Risden. Check out all the work. Obviously, Browns Wire, you know, uh, Texans Wire as well does a great job over there. You know, does a lot of work. Detroit Lions as well. Real GM. Anything you want to read over there, guys? I do. Tr- I do tremendously recommend reading the uh, 20 bold predictions for the NFL draft that Jeff put over there. It's, it's a great read. It's fun. Keeps it light. Got a lot of laughs that can be had if you go ahead and read that. Follow Jeff on Twitter. Guys, follow the show at Locked On Browns. Guys, I want to thank you. We reached the 2K goal by the draft. You guys are fantastic. So, you know, but keep still following the show. Subscribe, five-star review. You know, go ahead and rate it, all that good stuff, guys. I do appreciate you guys for all that you've done. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. 
if we do not get this second show done tonight, guys. I cannot wait till tomorrow night. It's going to be a fun process. I will be around on social media all day tomorrow. Uh, best part is, is I found a way to ship the wife and the girls out for some plans tomorrow evening. So I will be definitely alone, unfettered, for both picks tomorrow night. And sh they don't even know it yet, but I shipped them out for Friday night. So I should have the second round by myself as well. Guys, anything you need, hit me up on the Twitter account. Uh, is anything else? Uh, let's go Browns, and it's draft time, guys.